0: Begin in Acts chapter 22 and verse 1. Brothers and fathers, hear the defense that I now make before you. And when they heard that he was speaking to them in the Hebrew language, they became even more quiet. And he said, I am Paul, a Jew, born in Tarsus in Cilicia, but I was brought up in this city, educated at the feet of Gamal according to the strict manner of the law of our fathers, being zealous for God as all of you are this day. I persecuted this way to the death, binding and delivering to prison both men and women as the high priests and the whole council of elders can bear me witness. From them I received letters to the brothers and I journeyed toward Damascus to take those also who were there and to bring them in bonds to Jerusalem to be punished. And as I was on my way, and drew near to Damascus, about noon, a great light from heavenly, heaven suddenly shone around me, and I fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I answered, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. Now those who were with me saw the light, but they did not understand the voice of the one who was speaking to me. And I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, Arise, go to Damascus, and there you will be told what to do by the one who is appointed. And since I could not see, because of the brightness of that light, I was led by the hand by those who were with me and came into Damascus." And one Ananias, a devout man, according to the law, well spoken of by all the Jews who lived there, came to me and standing by me said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very hour I received my sight and I saw him. And he said, The God of our fathers appointed you to know his will, to see the righteous one, to hear the voice from his mouth, for you will be a witness for him to everyone that you have seen and heard. And now, why do you wait? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins calling on His name. We turn just a page or two over to Acts chapter 26. And we begin reading in verse 9. He says, I myself In this connection, I journeyed to Damascus with the authority and the commission of the chief priests. At midday, O King, I saw the way in the way a light from heaven brighter than the sun that shone around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And I said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and as a witness to the things in which you have seen me and to those in which I will appear to you, delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you, to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive the forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Therefore, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to that heavenly vision, but declared first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem, then throughout all the region of Judea and to all the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds in keeping with their repentance. For this reason, the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. To this day, I have had the help that comes from God, so that I stand here testifying both to small and great, saying nothing but what the prophets and Moses said would come to pass, that the Christ must suffer, and that by being the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim light both to our people and to all the Gentiles. And as he was saying these things in his own defense, Festus said in a loud voice, Paul, you are out of your mind. Your great learning is driving you out of your mind. But Paul said, I am not out of my mind, most excellent Festus, but I am speaking true and rational words. For the king knows about these things, for I speak to him boldly, for I am persuaded that none of these things has escaped his notice. For this has not been done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you believe. And Agrippa said to Paul, in a short time, would you persuade me to be a Christian? And Paul said, whether short or long, I would to God that not only you, but also all who hear me this day might become just as I am, except for these chains. Do you ever have anything that uh, you uh, you really know that you should be able to do? It's pretty obvious that you should be able to do it, but when that moment comes, you're not sure that you can do it or not? Uh, things that it seems like they're, they're, they're obvious. I, I've got a whole list of these things. Uh, in fact, personally, my list of things that should be obvious that you can do that I struggle to do sometimes, I just... Realize it's probably longer than the average person's list. Uh, but I remember one of the first times that I experienced this is uh, when I went to seminary, I got a job on the grounds. I'd cut grass before. Uh, so yeah, this is, this is work. I need a job. It's right here on campus. Uh, I can do this. And I remember my first day, and I don't laugh. This is just, it just happened. I just got to be transparent. You just got to know this. But my first day at work, they, they, they handed me a weed eater. I'd never held a weed eater before in my life. I'd cut grass, but I'm like, well, which end do you hold? Maybe you better figure that out pretty quick because uh, you can make a mess. I remember when I was in high school, uh, I got a job working in a little bookstore. And it wasn't a big bookstore in any way, but I worked with the boss, and sometimes there'd be another person in there. Uh, but then all of a sudden, he left and he said, The store is yours. You're in charge man, it wasn't a whole complicated lot of stuff there, but when all of a sudden it was my responsibility, that was kind of a big gulp uh, kind of moment. Am I ready for that? Uh, When I go over to PJ's, uh, I I go there and I order the same thing so often that there's a lot of times that when I'll go stand in line before I even get to the counter, they've already made my coffee because they know exactly what kind of coffee that I get. It's kind of neat. I, I kind of appreciate that. But what they don't know is that the reason that I order the same coffee every single time is I'm not smart enough to order any of the other coffees. Uh, This is the only coffee I know how to order, and so that's what I order every single time. It should be easy to go in and order something, but sometimes things right in front of you are more difficult. Maybe maybe you've got some of those things that, that are on a list. Maybe somebody says to you, hey, can you fix this spreadsheet? Sure, maybe not. Uh, Maybe you're responsible for fixing the holiday meal for the whole extended family. Yeah, I know how to do that. Maybe not. Maybe you need to back up the trailer into a parking uh, space. Maybe you need to write a check for the first time. Maybe you need to change a diaper. All kinds of things like, well, sure, I know how to do that. Wait a minute. I don't know if I do. As we think about these days of hope, I want to make sure that sharing hope I want to make sure that helping other people meet and follow Jesus is not on the list of things like, yeah, I know how to, I know, I don't know if I know how to do that. In fact, we want to make sure that you are equipped to not just pray for people to come to know Jesus, not just invite them to a place where there's a community that is centered on Jesus, but for you to be able. To tell them about Jesus yourself. This morning I want to talk about the number one way for sharing your faith. The simplest and most effective way for sharing your faith. And that is telling your Jesus story. Telling your Jesus story. If you grew up in church, you probably know that we used to call that talk about uh, giving your testimony. Being able to just say, this is is what Jesus has done in my life. In the two passages of Scripture that we looked at uh, this morning, we see one of the giants of the Bible, one of the giants of the Bible, of Christian history, we we, we see this person who was really the, the, the first missionary that burst the borders of where people knew about Jesus, this first theologian of the church, one of the brightest minds that has ever been inside of the church, the Apostle Paul. And as we watch him, he simply tells his Jesus story. He simply tells the story of Jesus in his life. Now the context that we're looking at here in this uh, section of Acts is that Acts is really one of the most action-packed parts of the Bible. You see how it is? It's the Acts. It's the things that happen. But when you get to this back quarter the energy kind of slows down the 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 pace of the story slows down and in fact really this back quarter of the book of acts is and just court cases and trials it's like a it's like an old rerun of law and order i mean it's just this courtroom kind of stuff and in fact there are some people who argue that that the, that luke wrote the book of acts as a legal defense, as a document to use in court cases. But whatever it is, Paul is standing before different groups of people. In some cases, they're angry mobs. In some places, they're judicial panels. And on the one hand, he he has to defend himself legally. But really what he does and what he emphasizes in that moment is that this is an opportunity To tell somebody about Jesus and how he does it the tool that he uses is the number one tool for sharing your faith and that is Paul says let me tell you my Jesus story let me tell you what Jesus did inside of my life I want you to know that telling your Jesus story is the number one most effective way to tell people about Jesus there's several reasons for that. One, it's your story. Sometimes we argue about sharing, we worry about sharing our faith that someone is going to argue us down about the things that we tell and the things that we share. People can't argue about your story. It's your story. You are an expert in your story. You were there when it happened. It is, it is personal. It belongs to you. Sharing your Jesus story is effective because it belongs to you. Sharing your Jesus story is effective people just like a story. We watch TV all the time. We watch movies. We stream stuff. What are we looking for? We're looking for a good story. We read books because we're looking for, okay, we used to read books, but we're looking for a good story so when you tell somebody, can I just share with you my, my Jesus story? Well, they're interested because it's a story. Another reason why telling your Jesus story is so effective is because believe this or not, I mean, really, believe this or not, you are relatable. You are relatable. I don't know how many of you get up in the morning, look in the mirror and say, now that's a relatable person. But you are. Because you live and breathe. Because you have relationships. Because you have to navigate the same world that your neighbors, your friends, your family members have to navigate. It's not exactly the same path. Let me tell you, the people in your life are dealing with some of the same things that you're dealing with. Here's the funny thing. You're trying to hide some of the stuff that you're dealing with. They're trying to hide some of the stuff that they're dealing with. And if you will just prick truth just for a moment, and some profound connections can happen in that moment, I want you to know that you are equipped with the most effective way to share your faith. And that is simply telling your Jesus story. It's what Paul did. It's what you can do. So let's just back up just for a few moments, and let's take a look at how Paul shared his Jesus story and how we can glean from that, how we can share our Jesus story. The first thing that I want you to see uh, this morning is is I want you to make your Jesus story thoughtful and organized. I want you to share your Jesus story in a thoughtful and organized way. One of the reasons why I wanted you to hear both of the passages, uh, Acts 22 and Acts 26, is because I wanted you to notice the consistency with how Paul told that story. And in fact, you may have even been listening to this. I don't know why we're reading both of these passages. It sounds just like the last one that we read. Well, that's kind of what I wanted you to notice. When Paul told his story, there was a pattern to how he told his story. It is possible that there's a couple of years that have passed between these two chapters, and yet really he tells the story in the same way. Now, I also think that sometimes when we get a passage of Scripture like this one, if you were there live, it might have been a little bit longer. I think we're getting a a concise summary of what Paul said. I think if you were there in the room, it might have been a little bit shorter. But here's what I want you to notice. Neither time that he tells this story is it very long. Now listen. My man Paul could preach. My man Paul could preach for a little while. He has proven that. You remember the story where he was preaching and they were having church upstairs? And he preached so long, the guy in the window fell asleep. And he thought he was in one of these cushy chairs, and he just kind of leaned back a little, bit. he wasn't. He was in a window and he dropped to the ground, and he died. Listen, I've had some bad sermons, but no one has ever died in the middle of one of mine that I know of. I've come close a couple times. (laughs) But Paul could preach a really long time. But when he tells his Jesus story, it's pretty tight. It's pretty concise. And that's because he planned it out. And in fact, if you take a look at it, he follows the same order, the same pattern, the same structure in both of these times. And the thing that was amazing to me as I was reminded in it, studying it, Paul uses the same pattern of how to share his faith, the churches have been telling people how to share their faith for a long time. It is simply this. Paul follows a pattern that goes like this. This is my life before Jesus. This is how I met Jesus. And this is my life since Jesus. Did you see that in the text? It was right there. Now we have all of these pieces if you are a believer in Christ, if you are a follower of Jesus, you have all of these same pieces. Now, they look different because every one of us has our own story. And sometimes because our pieces look different, sometimes we can feel awkward or embarrassed or insecure about our pieces. Sometimes when we think about my story before Jesus, we we, we, we Kind of be embarrassed because well my story before jesus is is kind of boring well i'll be honest with you, I think my story before Jesus was about the most boring story there could be. I was four or five years old when I came to know Jesus. First of all, that's not a really long time before Jesus. There's not a whole lot that could have gone down. I slept through most of it. But but here's what I can tell you is that I had been in a place and I lived in an environment where I heard the story of Jesus over and over and over and over again. But there was something about one of those times that I heard the story of Jesus that I understood it was for me. That this information that had been swirling around me and through me and that I could just nod to, that I could have repeated, that I could have told you verbatim at any time. There was a day when I was sitting in the living room that I understood this is for you, Tim. And I responded. For Paul, when he tells his story, he says, listen, I want you to know that this is where I grew up, this is where I went to school, this is the stuff that I chased after, this is the stuff that that I, that I wanted to do with my life. It gives some context for his life. Again, your story may or may not be as thrilling, but I want you to know just in case your story is boring, don't worry about it. It's your story. Other people have boring stories as well. It's okay. And maybe you can be anxious or embarrassed or insecure because your story is... Is not boring. Maybe it's wild. Maybe it's all over the place. You're like, man, I don't know if I can tell some of the things. that I, 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 I'm embarrassed by some of those things. Now listen, you don't have to go into graphic detail about it. You're setting the tone. You're setting the context. This is who I was before Jesus. apostle paul says you know who i was before jesus i was someone who was trying to make people forget that jesus ever lived and in order to do that i chased them i imprisoned them sometimes i tortured them and if they were ever on trial for death i voted that they should die and i hit the road to do it more that's paul says that's what i did before that's my before jesus and listen, whether your story is boring, whether it's exciting, or someplace in between, it's your story, and it counts. But I'll also tell you, it's not the star of the story. Every once in a while, you'll hear someone tell their Jesus story, and it's 45 minutes, the adventures I had before Jesus, and 90 seconds, like, oh yeah, and then I met Jesus. And it just kind of goes like this. Listen, you're telling your before story to set some context because you have a before story. As someone said, you know I like to share with people, I haven't always been a Christian. He says, that makes their ears perk up. You haven't always been a Christian. Well, no, I had a time before I met Jesus. Everyone has a time before they met Jesus. The second part of the story that Paul tells is, this is how I met Jesus notice, this is the part that's really, really tight when he tells it. He tells it the same in both uh, cases. It's really the same as when we we read about it in in Acts chapter 9 when it happens the, the first time. But boy, he is so tight on this. This is where I was. This is what happened. This is what lit me up. Now, I would tell you that as you tell your this is how I met Jesus story, that the part that matters the most Is what tipped your heart in a new direction. Now, I think it's important to say this is where I was. I was at this church. I was at this camp. I was with my parents. I was in the house. I was driving down the road. I had a buddy of mine tell me uh, he was driving a rig down the interstate, pulled over an I-20 and said, this is what I need to do. He gave his life to Jesus. I think the time and place is really interesting. I think what really makes the biggest difference is when you say, This is what tipped my life from unbelief to belief. This is what tipped my life from being on my own to being under Jesus. This is what tipped my life from seeing Jesus at a distance to asking Jesus to fill who I was. What tipped? What what changed your thinking? It's not just the external, but it's the, it's the internal that matters. And then Paul says, this is my life since I met Jesus. And for Paul, it says, my, my, my life's upside down. He says, I used to try to live my life so that people would forget that Jesus existed, and now I live my life so that all people will exalt Jesus. My life has changed. For me, again, my Jesus story isn't dramatic. It happened very early. But I will tell you that since that moment, I've never had to wonder about the heart center of my life, who I am, why I exist, what is the meaning of everything. That's been set and secure in my life since I was five years old. And so while life sometimes swirls around us, so one, sometimes things twists and turn, one thing that I've never had to worry about is what was the heart of my life. That has been anchored and set since I was five. That's a big part of the difference that Jesus has made my life. Make your story, your Jesus story, thoughtful. Make it organized. Connect it to somebody's life and to their heart. The second thing I want you to see in terms of how Paul does this is I want you to keep your Jesus story personal and fresh. Personal and fresh. Now here's what's interesting. The first thing that we noticed is how consistent Paul telling his Jesus story was. You can kind of follow it on. It's following the same pattern. But now what I want you to notice is I want you to notice the differences in his Jesus story. He tells it slightly different each time because he's talking to different people in different circumstances. In fact, Paul literally switches languages depending on who he's talking to. Now, I don't know how many of you or how many of us have the ability to do that. But he literally talks Greek, then he talks Hebrew. He just switches back and forth depending on who he's talking to. He also tells the story differently. He talks about his Jewish background far more when he's talking to that Jewish mom. He talks about Gamaliel. He he talks about Ananias. And he says Ananias was this godly Jewish person. He, He zeroes in on that because of the group of people that he's talking to. When he's talking to the kings, when he's talking to the judges, he spends far more time talking about the wide scope. They don't care about Ananias. They hardly care about Gamaliel. They want to know about these shifts that are happening. And so he speaks in that direction. When we share our story, it needs to be thoughtful and organized, but it needs to be personal. It can't be a script. A great way to connect with someone that you want to share your Jesus story with is hear their story first. What is your faith background? What is your faith story? What is your belief background? Tell me, tell me about your journey of faith. But when we do that, it gives us the opportunity to listen. And when we listen, we're respectful. We, we, we give value to the other person's life, to the other person's ideas, to the other person's identity. They matter in that conversation. At the same time, when we listen, it gives us the opportunity to connect and to relate so that when you tell your story then you have the opportunity to kinda connect with that person's life and sometimes you can say man I had some of the same experience that you had or you might just need to say you know what I've never had that kind of experience but this is my experience but we're not doing that we're not doing that to be sneaky We're doing that because it's it's what you call, this is a technical term, a conversation. It it involves people. And it involves equal people whose lives matter and stories matter. And you get the opportunity to talk to that person, listen to that person. And as you listen to them, the Spirit of God will help you to know how to shape your story for that moment. The living, present Spirit of God does that as you share your story. And then I would tell you, make your Jesus story authentic and compelling. Make your Jesus story authentic and compelling. We've talked about the importance of being prepared and organized. But my friends, We cannot be slick, we cannot be pushy, we cannot be manipulative, we cannot be rude, we cannot be steamrolling, we cannot be short-tempered, we cannot be name-calling. Now, I know you never would do that. I just put this in the notes in case I ever preach this at another church. I know it's not you. But I will tell you that because this is a conversation, one of the things that you have to do is that you have to watch for unspoken permissions. In fact, sometimes you can even ask for verbal permission. Do you mind if I tell you some more about this? Do you mind if we, can I, can I just talk about this a little bit more? And then watch. I mean, if they have checked out, glazed over, now you may not have ever seen anyone glazed over. I have. <laughs> no. But that's a permission. You have to respect somebody. And they're also just from, just real practical, man. If they have checked out, your next 20 minutes isn't doing any good. You got to pay attention. So it needs to be authentic and compelling, but not slick, not pushy, not manipulative, not rude, not steamrolling, not short-tempered, not one-sided. But at the same time, we remember why this matters. And at the same time, we remember what is on the line. Eternity. A person's identity in Christ. A person's hope in Christ. The rescue, the only rescue that matters. This is just a little side note here. But I work all week on preparing a message. And I study and I pray and I, and I, I try to get the pieces together. And, and some of my goals that I have as I prepare a message is I want it to be accurate. I, I want it to be true to what's in the text. Believe it or not, I try to make it Interesting. I try to make it interesting. I want it to have the same voice as the passage of Scripture. I want to make it accurate. But the last thing that I have to do before I deliver it is I have to spend a few moments reminding myself, why does this information matter to this people? If they don't hear this today, what's going to be missing in your lives? There's no sense me standing before you if there isn't something that's going to be missing if it doesn't get spoken today. Now, I don't intend to fully make that about me, but I want to say that when you share your Jesus story, you want to do it respectfully, but you also want to do it with conviction, that this is truth that needs to be heard. My favorite part of these passages is at the end there, the passage that we read in chapter 26, is one of the judges, he has the title of king, one of the judges with the title of of king says, dude, you are out of your mind. You are too smart that it has eaten up your own brain. And Paul says, no, I'm in in my full mind. He says, the stuff I'm talking about, you can see. I know that you see this stuff. And the other king, the other judge, he looks at Paul and says, do you really think in this short amount of time, do you really think that in this 15 minutes you can convince me to be a Christian, to be a follower of Jesus too? Paul says, yep. Yep. I do. He says, not just you, but every person from great to small and everybody in between. He says, I wish that every single person here was exactly the same as me. Well, except for these chains. I just think that's a great line. Not, not the chains. Believes it. And the person who's listening to him says, you're trying to convince me to be a follower of Jesus. Yep. But why? It is because we love Jesus so much that we want others to experience the same thing. That's the reason why. Not because you've been given some to-do list, not because you've been given some task, although it has been a commandment that's given to us. But we share our Jesus story because we love Jesus so much that we want someone else to experience that same thing so we share our faith out of love, passion for God, and concern for the people around us because we love them. That's why we do that. So what's the the takeaways this morning? Well, this morning you actually have homework. You you picked the wrong Sunday to come to church. Here's your homework. I need you to write down your Jesus story. My life before Jesus, how I met Jesus, my life since. Now, you don't have to use that same outline. If you're smarter than Paul, come up with your own. Um, But it's a great outline to use. My life before, how I met Jesus, and the difference that it's made. Man, find a piece of paper. Write it out on a piece of paper. Put it in your phone. Write it on the back of the bulletin. Go get a whiteboard. Write it up on the whiteboard, however it is that you need to do it. Write it out. This is my life before. This is how I met Jesus. This is the difference that is made. Make the meeting Jesus the heart and the star of the story. Secondly, find somebody that likes you and loves Jesus, tell them your Jesus story. Maybe it's somebody in your house. Maybe it's while you're driving home today. uh, Maybe it's another day during the week. Maybe it's your best friend. However it is, find somebody who likes you, that's safe, and loves Jesus. Tell them your Jesus story. I I I will tell you, it'll be good for you to just kind of practice telling your Jesus story. But they're going to be so blessed. Don't you love hearing a Jesus story? Don't you love hearing, this is the difference that Jesus has made in my life? Tell them what tipped your life from unbelief to belief. Find someone who likes you and loves Jesus. Tell them your story. Then, as God gives you opportunity, use your Jesus story to help somebody meet and follow Jesus for the first time. That's the whole point. Your Jesus story to help somebody else have a Jesus story. You have a Jesus story because someone told you the story of Jesus. Jesus. Write it down, share it with somebody, and then let God use it in somebody's life. Got a plan? That's your homework. I'll call you during the week. I might not, but, but I hope that God will put that deep on your heart. Let me pray for you. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, it is an incredible privilege that we get to be your voice, that we get to be your witness, that, that, that we get to be used by you to help other people meet and follow you. Or there are some people who the rest of their life will tell the story of how somebody in this room told them about Jesus and helped them to believe in Jesus. There are people who will stand in eternity before Jesus and say, it's because somebody in this room told me their Jesus story. Oh, man. Lord, I don't want us to miss a single one of those opportunities. So, Lord, whatever the level of confidence or security is for the believers that are in this room, Lord, I pray that you would double it. Lord, I pray that you would triple it. Lord, so that they can say, I can do this. I will do this. I have done this. And then, Lord, I pray that you'd be with someone who's in this room today that has never said yes to you. They they don't have a full Jesus story yet. They are still in that, my life before Jesus. It doesn't really matter what that story is. You'll meet them in this spot right now. So Lord, I pray that you'd be with anyone that needs to just tip their life today from unbelief to belief. To holding you at an arm's length, to letting you fill their life. Lord, I pray that that would happen today. I pray this in your name. Amen.